0: I listen to sports talk radio for many reasons, information, entertainment, to take my mind off more serious topics, and sometimes just to make myself angry. Why? Personally, I find it's quite good for cardio. I run a lot faster when I'm pissed off. I unexpectedly got some of everything when I scrolled through the recent podcast episodes of the Bernstein and Rahimi show from Chicago's 670 The Score and landed on this title, Overly Descriptive Station Promos As a veteran producer in sports media and talk radio, and an avid fan of the station's programming, I have to say my curiosity was piqued when I read the episode description. Dan Bernstein and Layla Rahimi listened back and laughed at the station promo that was overly descriptive in detailing why host Danny Parkins won't be joining the afternoon show on a trip to Las Vegas. Here's the promo, followed by the host's reactions.
1: The Scores, Parkins and Spiegel show heads to Vegas to broadcast live from Stadium Swim. At the
0: world's largest sports book, Circa Resort and
1: Casino. Friday, March 25th, with a special show on Saturdays. Well, that's when it gets dangerous. Plus, Spiegs will be bringing along Dan Bernstein. Sign my ass up. Filling in for Parkins, who's staying home for the birth of his second child. <laughs> what? I mean, great, fine, lovely, but... So why, is, why is this so... What is it?
0: The laughter that followed didn't seem to change whether it was the first time or 20th the promo got played back. I found myself laughing out loud on the streets of Brooklyn, but suddenly it caught in my throat. I was waiting for it, but I didn't know how long I'd have to wait before it happened. What is it? A sour, nagging, tensed-up feeling that some troglodyte caller or texter would chime in to make fun of the very idea that a father-to-be could even consider taking paternity leave. I didn't feel like listening to a scream fest, even though I've spent more hours than I can count over the past decade thoroughly enjoying listening to Dan Bernstein yell at callers for being stupid, ignorant, Uh, hypocritical, uh, or for just uh, being plain uh, wrong. Excellent radio, but terrible for a policy discussion that's been settled in virtually every nation that qualifies as rich other than Papua New Guinea and the United States. Nationally mandated paid parental leave. This shouldn't even be a debate anymore. It should already be written into federal law. Just saying these words makes me angry. On this episode of Wrecking the Toy Department, where we won't just stick to sports, because we don't have the privilege of doing so, will examine what I was expecting would follow that promo being played, why my own personal experience colored those expectations, and why I was so pleasantly surprised to discover I had severely underestimated the sports talk radio audience in 2022. Because when it comes to enacting federal parental leave, sports are hardly leading the brigade on making it happen. For God's sake, the WNBA played 23 seasons before players and owners finally negotiated paid maternity leave into the collective bargaining agreement in 2020. This is where the four major North American sports stand in terms of paternity and parental leave. Neither the NBA nor the NHL afford their players paternity or parental leave. The NFL offers 16 weeks paid parental leave, but only to its league office employees in New York. New Jersey, and California. These generous health benefits do not extend to their players. That leaves Major League Baseball as the only major North American sport to offer paid paternity leave. As written to the 2011 Collective bargaining Agreement, players can take up to three days paid parental leave and up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave. Even so, when a New York Met dared take the allowed, collectively bargained for, paid leave, Man, was sports talk radio up in arms. In 2014, a full three years after paid paternity leave for players was first written into league policy, Daniel Murphy took three days leave for the birth of his first child and missed the team's first two regular season games. This is what he told reporters upon his return to the team.
1: My wife and I discussed it. We felt the best thing for our family was for me to try to stay uh, for an extra day. That being Wednesday, due to the fact that you know she can't travel for two weeks, um, she's going to be tougher to get up to New York for a month. So just to have that support system with her, I can only speak from experience, my experience. But you know, fathers seeing their wives, she was completely finished. I mean, she was done. She had gotten, she had had surgery, and she was wiped. So having me there, I think, helped a lot, and vice versa. And
0: this is what WFAN New York sports talk legend Mike Francesa said on air about Murphy's decision. He began by saying Murphy should have taken just one day's paternity leave and that he could have hired a nurse had his wife needed help. And that was just Francesa getting warmed up.
1: You see the birth and you get back. I mean, why? what are you doing the first couple of days? Maybe you take care of the other kids. Well, you got to have someone do that if you're a major league baseball player. I'm sorry, you do. Because that's the only thing you're doing. You're not help- Your wife doesn't need your help the first couple of days, you know that.
0: You're not doing much those first couple of days with the baby that's just born. Never one to backtrack, Francesa at first piled on in the face of criticism, saying that he considers even 10 days of paternity leave to be a, quote, gimmick or scam, unquote. He then said his comments were taken out of context. Actually, they were quoted directly, and tried to clarify them this way, quote, I was really speaking to someone who has a job like a major league player, like Murphy. Or someone like me. You have a unique job, and you have the wherewithal to maybe afford care that some people may not. Stuff like that. Then, you get back to work. Asked by reporters what a good dad looks like, Francesa feigned falling asleep. Nice work, dude. I'm sure your kids think of you much the same way your show's listeners do. They only call in to troll you and your oh. own producers are more than happy to put them on air. Dan
1: and Warwick, what's up, Dan? Hey,
0: Mike, I just got a, a question about the Giants. Uh, in your years of experience, have you ever seen, uh,
1: you know, how uh, the San Francisco Giants were once the New York Giants? Had, has there ever been either a franchise-to-franchise or maybe even player-to-player get-together when San Francisco comes to New York? Like, do they ever say hi, maybe? go out to dinner or something.
0: Francesa wasn't the only Neanderthal to share his views on the matter. His fellow WFAN hosts, Craig Carton and Boomer Esiason, were more than happy to express their own archaic and novel thoughts on fatherhood and family planning. Assuming the birth went well,
1: assuming your wife is fine, assuming the baby is fine, 24 hours, you stay there, baby's good, you have a good support system for the mom and the baby, you get your ass back to your team when you play baseball. That's my take on it. What, what you, then you can do anyway. You're not breastfeeding the kid. I always said C-section before the season starts. I need, to be, I need to be at opening day. I'm sorry. This is what makes our money. This is how we're going to live our life. This is going to give my child every opportunity to be a success in life. I'll be able to afford any college I want to send my kid right. to because I'm a baseball
0: player. Condemnation was quick and came from all directions. From conservative commentator S.E. Cup, Is there a Mrs. Francesa? If yes, she must be so very proud of her cretinous husband. From then-Democratic U.S. Congressman Steve Israel, disagree with criticism for Daniel Murphy's paternity leave. Mets fans miss seeing him on the field, but I'm happy he put family first. And then former MLB pitcher-turned-radio host, C.J. Nickowski, Why does Daniel Murphy have to defend his paternity leave? The insinuation that you should be anything but a family man first is disgusting. While Francesa and Carton were unmoved, it should be noted that Esiason rethought his comments and publicly apologized, saying he was, quote, truly sorry for his insensitive comments, unquote. If this is what happened when Major League Baseball players took paternity leave, imagine the pushback when players in leagues that do not offer parental or paternity leave publicly said they were going to take time off for the birth of a child. Back in September 2019, Jalen Ramsey and his employer, the Jacksonville Jaguars, found themselves at odds in a bizarre feud. Ramsey was trying everything possible to force his employer to get rid of him. In a span of less than three days, he missed time with both the flu and a back ailment, both of which he received excused absences for from the organization. And then he asked for and received permission from the team to fly home for the birth of his child. This was the reaction from Florida Times Union sports columnist Gene Fernet. He tweeted, quote, How much more of a fiasco can this Jaguars versus Ramsey become? I'm all for anybody getting time off for the birth of their child, but is Jalen's girlfriend actually in labor? Or is this just a convenient excuse for Ramsey to be out of the team's crosshairs for a week or more? End quote. In the moment, Jaguars owner Tony Khan did something both memorable and admirable. Despite the mutual acrimony at the time, Ramsey never played for the Jaguars again. Khan tweeted this, quote, That is an appalling tweet, Gene. That is way out of line. You have no business questioning someone's family, Unquote. Ramsey's daughter, Brooklyn, was born two days later. It should be noted that Fournette's Twitter bio reads, quote, Sports columnist second, husband and father of four kids first, end quote. Yeesh. The irony is still dripping off that tweet two and a half years later. But it speaks to this notion that somehow, to some men, the idea that other men would actually want to be fully involved husbands and fathers is somehow unmanly. That the very idea of even taking paternity leave is actually a weakness and character flaw because you're leaving your real family, your colleagues and coworkers, in the lurch deserting them for this other secondary family you're seeing on the side. My second daughter was born. I
1: was in the BI at 1.30. I said, Wood, I'll be right back. And I came here, I did a radio show, and then I went back. Most jobs, other people depend on you, right? Like, the success of this show is dependent on me, as it's dependent on you, as it's dependent on you, Jimmy. And Jimmy Stewart, you guys get paid based on how we do, how I do, how you do. We're all in it together. Right. I feel that responsibility. And most people have a job that's like that. So, I mean, what's wrong with also prioritizing your work? And the people that rely on you at work, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a virtue. And that's a virtue I like to think that I have. And oh, by the way, the pregnancy was fine. The birth was fine. Everyone was okay. My daughter, who's now five years old, doesn't look at me and say, where were you that day? I was a day old and you left. At Comcast, I think they give us two weeks off if you have a kid. The guy, the man, gets two weeks off. But I got the two weeks in front of me. And I think I may have taken two days on that. But, and I felt guilty. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Everyone's fine. They're back home. There's two sets of moms at home. There's nurses. There's Everyone's fine. I'll come home and hold the baby. Oh, da, da, rah, da, shmurda, tini, ah, yeah. I can do that. I, I, and I can still go to work.
0: That's Mike Felger on Boston's 98.5, the Sports Hub's Felger and Maz Show. Those comments from November 2016 came the day after Felger had this to say. With some pushback from sports anchor Kyle Draper on Comcast Sportsnet New England, about Boston Celtics forward Al Horford's decision to miss a win over the Miami Heat for the birth of his child. Al Horford,
1: your $30 yep. million dollar man, sat out tonight because he had a birth of his kid. Yesterday, Yeah. Yesterday. Yes. I know when you make $30 million a year, it ain't much to get a private jet to fly down at 3 o'clock from Atlanta. It's a 90-minute flight to Miami, play the game, and come right back. I'm sure his wife is in the hospital, surrounded by nurses, mothers, <laughs> aunts, relatives. I would have gone to the game. I would have played the game. I, and I like my guys to sort of forsake everything for the well, for the team. I mean, you're the ultimate tough guy. We know that. You would have probably did it all. You know, delivered the baby too, then hopped on a plane and went down here. If there were complications... Okay. You know, take that all off the table. If the mother or the child or something happened where there were complications, then I totally understand that. Step. But if it's just a generic childbirth? Falgar, it's a November basketball the game. game against the one game. of the worst teams in the league. They won without him. And Brad Stevens preaches family first. If Brad Stevens doesn't have a problem with it, why should you have a Who problem? Who says he doesn't
0: have a problem with it? Felger went on to say that just because Celtics then coach Brad Stevens preached family comes first publicly didn't mean he actually believed in the notion prior privately. These examples were down, sports media talking heads and commentators slamming fathers-to-be for daring to take even one day off work to be present for the birth of a child. And it's not just in the sports world. Unsurprisingly, this idea is embedded in our national politics as well, on both sides of the aisle. First. There's the obviously nasty and homophobic statement Fox News anchor Tucker Carlson made about United States Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg for his decision to take parental leave after he and his husband Chasten adopted twin babies last
1: fall. Some conservatives have been citing your experience in an effort to
0: mock the very idea of paternity leave. Take a listen. Pete Buttigieg has been on leave from his job since August after adopting a child. Paternity leave, they call it, trying to figure out how to breastfeed. No word on how that went. What's your response?
1: As you might imagine, we're bottle feeding and uh, doing it at all hours of the day and night. I'm not going to apologize to Tucker Carlson or anyone else for taking care of my premature newborn infant twins. The work that we are doing is joyful, fulfilling, wonderful work. It's important work. And it's work that every American ought to be able to do when they welcome a new child into their family.
0: That was Secretary Buttigieg's response in a CNN interview with Jake Tapper. Then there's the more insidious pushback the patronizingly toxic masculinity present in West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin's response to reporters back in October about his fellow Democrats' push to write federally mandated paid parental leave into President Biden's presumably now defunct Build Back Better bill. Quote, My top line has been $1.5 trillion because I believe in my heart that what we can do and what the needs we have right now and what we can afford to do without basically changing our whole society to an entitlement mentality, end quote. Damn straight, we shouldn't let American men feel entitled to take even a day's worth of federally mandated paid paternity leave. Instead, they should man the f- up and head back to work. They're your real family. This government shouldn't have to use actual taxpayer money to prop up men who think that at the time of the birth of a child, they should be there. I don't know, for their partner and child, not just in the moment, but to build a foundation for a future healthy relationship with both? Nah, only think that way. Real men wouldn't want to share these responsibilities or really have anything to do with them. Most men aren't as brazen about sharing these opinions as the examples I've shared, but that doesn't mean there aren't plenty of men in power who share this same worldview. I used to work for one. It turns out, because of happenstance, that my wife's due date with our son was going to coincide with what would normally be my equivalent of tax season, a month-long string of 12-hour workdays, which for me would last until 2 in the morning, sometimes later. It's an all-hands-on-deck time of year, during which an extended absence is quite unwelcome. At the same time, I knew I wanted to be there for the birth. That was my priority. I told my closest work friends. They were thrilled for me. I told my supervisor and team as soon as I knew so we could prepare the proper arrangements to cover my work while I was gone. My immediate boss could not have handled the situation better, but it wasn't her call as to how much time I could take for paternity leave. As a designated freelance contractor, I didn't qualify for the same benefits I would have had as a full-time staff employee. It was up to my boss's boss how much time I would get off for my leave. My boss spoke with him on my behalf and then told me she could get me one week off, possibly two. I, as was my right, asked for two. I got it. Two weeks paid paternity leave, because I was exceptionally fortunate. Kind of. After two weeks leave, I returned to work. I did my job and did it well. At the same time, my wife and I were planning a cross-country move from New York to California. I certainly didn't need to, but I gave my employer more than a month's notice that I would be leaving and the same person who made the final decision on the length of my paternity leave, who met with me every year I worked there for my annual review, and who did exit interviews with every employee under his purview who left the company, postponed our scheduled exit interview. Then he did it again. We actually never did sit for that exit interview, and there's a part of me that thinks, despite what he said to me otherwise, that he considered me dead to him because I'd asked for two weeks leave when I did. This is a major part of the backdrop against which I listened to that promo, saying Danny Parkins wasn't going to Las Vegas for a remote broadcast because of the impending birth of his second child. However, there's a lot more that colored the lens through which I heard that promo. I thought back to how my work friends welcomed me back from paternity leave. The first day, around 2 in the afternoon, I looked up from my keyboard only to realize that the three people I shared a cubicle station with were staring at me. Why, I wondered, are you looking at my face that way? It took a moment, but then it dawned on me that the reason I'd had to lift my head up to look at the screen was because I'd passed out from exhaustion. Every night for the previous two weeks, I'd been up in the middle of the night with my son. My first afternoon back, I face planted on my keyboard, hard enough to leave a visible imprint on my forehead. I'll always be thankful for what happened next. One of my colleagues, who has three kids himself, broke the ice. Looks like you could use some coffee, he said. Then he handed me a $20 bill to get coffee for the team, including whatever form of caffeine my heart desired. I remember that ritual occurring every afternoon for a few weeks, or at least until I no longer desperately needed the afternoon caffeine shot. And nobody ever gave me any grief for that one time I fell asleep at work. Every new parent, mother or father, will have that same look, the enormous puffy under-eye circles that spell sleep deprivation. On his first day back with the Miami Heat after missing seven games of paternity leave in November 2018, Miami Heat star and future Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade's first worst reporters were, quote, You see my eyes? Judging from what I saw of this interview in a video posted by the Miami Herald, the reaction appeared to be good humor all around. These were the three questions posed to Wade. How
1: nice like to be back in the sense that from Spoh to your teammates, they just feel a sense of upliftment when you you walk in the room. How are the ladies in your life right now? How are the boys handling having a little sister?
0: I searched the internet, assuming that somewhere someone had taken a swipe at him, that there would be some kind of backlash against Dwayne Wade, but I could find none, not from talking heads, not from commentators, not from Wade's teammates or coaches, not even from fans. Heat coach Eric Spolstra said that with Wade back, quote, there was a tangible boost in energy today, unquote. Wade's teammate Jason Richardson concurred. And they were happy knowing Wade was ready to be back because even after he'd missed four games and then said he'd need more time before returning to the team, Spolstra had told him to take all the time he needed. It shouldn't be necessary for any father to explain to anyone why he took parental or paternity leave. But this is what Wade told Oprah Winfrey about his decision.
1: That is a mentality, right? For yes. professional athletes. If yeah. you have a baby, you didn't have the baby, you get right back to, yeah. to playing the sport. For me and for my wife and our family, our journey was just totally different. Having a surrogate carry out baby, I w- I wasn't there to be able to be like, hey baby, daddy's here. Yeah. You know, to have these conversations so she can hear me, right? So yeah. we can sing to her, so we can read to her. This connection that we that we both needed, it had to happen right away. And for me, it was like, you know what, I've always done things my, my way. And they expect my wife to take off, right? Yeah. Why not expect me to take off as well? We're parents and we're doing this together. It's no, she do this, I do this, no, we do this together. So for me, it was a no brainer. My wife who was a career woman gonna take off two weeks, then I'm gonna take off two weeks.
0: I wish this were the more regular occurrence, the more common reaction to men wanting to take parental and paternity leave. Given the research on the positive effects it has on men's relationships with both their partners and children, it really should be. According to research done from 2016 to 2018 by Kevin Schaefer, an associate professor of sociology and the director of Canadian Studies at Brigham Young University, Canadian fathers spend an average of 14 hours per week on childcare. American fathers? Just eight. According to data collected from more than 5,000 men, Canadian dads were much more likely to show warmth toward their children, provide emotional support, use positive discipline, and engage in caregiving. The only measure Schaefer found in which American fathers outperformed their Canadian counterparts was in the use of spanking and other harsh disciplinary tactics. His top explanation for his findings? Rental leave. Canadian parents get 35 weeks. 35 weeks of paid shared benefits. Fathers get five exclusive leaks. The United States, meanwhile, is the world's only rich nation that in 2022, for heaven's sake, doesn't guarantee maternity leave. And just one of three, along with those shining beacons of progressive family policy, Oman and the United Arab Emirates, without an option for paternity leave. I'm sure this will shock absolutely nobody, but it turns out that the more productive time parents spend with their child, the more likely it is they'll form a stronger emotional bond and attachment. According to the Better Life Lab, part of the think tank New America, not knowing how to provide care was one of the biggest barriers to fathers being more involved as parents. Why, as a society, do we presume mothers have all the answers? They don't. It's not as though a new mom automatically knows how to change a baby's diaper, swallow her, or give her a bath. Even after spending several weeks as a stay-at-home dad to a four-month-old while we tried to find proper childcare, I couldn't correctly differentiate which infant sound means, I'm hungry, I'm dirty, or I'm tired. And it's not as though my son stopped crying so as to ease the stress of these situations. Why, if men don't know these things to a T after several weeks, do we expect women to automatically know? Why do we place the burden entirely on them to learn and perform every act of parental caregiving? It's hard work. It's exhausting. It's an unpaid part-time job on top of whatever you might do full-time, so you can feed and clothe your child and put a roof over his head. I've learned a couple things from parenting an almost five-year-old. There's an immeasurable and indescribable amount of joy I've taken from the time I've spent with my son. Among other things, we draw, we read, watch cartoons, race toy cars, build enormous Lego structures, play basketball with stuffed animals, and revel in loud, horribly off-key piano duets. When I was really in a bind, I taught him curling during the Winter Olympics, and then contentedly watched him fall asleep from the pure boredom of watching the sport on TV. The bond we've formed has been worth every frustration I've endured on the learning curve of becoming and being a father. It's given me a newfound confidence in myself, not just as a parent, but as a person in this world, that I can take on things I'd previously thought impossible. Also, the work of being a parent never stops, and it's immensely exhausting, even when your kid is everything you could ever possibly have hoped for. And if I were doing the lion's share of the work all the time with no respite and no real help, I would, as a father, be pretty pissed off. Why, if that situation was reversed, wouldn't any mother feel the same way? And that's why, when I first heard the promo, and I'll play it again here, I tensed up, fully expecting the worst. A full-scale sports talk radio call and texture driven dumpster fire.
1: The Scores, Parkins and Spiegel show heads to Vegas to broadcast live from Stadium Swim. At the world's largest sportsbook, Circa Resort and Casino, Friday, March 25th, with a special show on Saturdays. That's when it gets dangerous. Plus, Spiegs will be bringing along Dan Bernstein.
0: Sign my ass up. Filling in for Parkins, who's staying home for the birth of his second child. I was kind of right. As host Layla Rahimi put it shortly before signing off for the day, the promo quote-unquote derailed that day's Bernstein and Rahimi show. But to my immense relief, it did so in a hilariously joyful and completely unexpected manner. Burncy and Rahimi, their producers Rick Camp and Mike Rankin, and later midday host Lawrence Holmes piled on. They made fun of the promo for being so ridiculously over-the-top in its level of detail regarding Parkins' absence from Las Vegas that they started delivering their own stupidly over-descriptive parody promos they would record to describe their own and each other's absences from work.
1: Filling in for Parkins. He's staying home. I can't
0: say it. He's bringing along Dan Berstia. Hey,
1: how's it going? Hi. Hey, everybody. And one of Speaks' carry-on bags is Dan Bernstein. In the other is this overly descriptive explanation for why somebody might not be a part of this show appearance. Uh, excuse me, sir. Why is your dog trying to tell me about Pocota projections? <laughs> Let's create an alibi for Danny Parkins. <laughs> now Danny can rob any bank or casino in Las Vegas. This is what it is Ocean's Thirteen. Layla Solo because Dan has a colonoscopy. In for Dan Bernstein, who has a dentist appointment where he'll be admonished for not flossing. Perkins might wear blue that day, maybe red. We just don't know. Seven Seven Three. His parenting style is described as laid back but involved. The child is expected to be a feminine child, as Danny's wife is said to be carrying
0: high. <laughs> of course, nobody needs nor wants this level of detail as to why someone missed a day of work. But that's not the point. The point is that by making so much fun of the promo for a completely oversharing, they let the air out of any potential backlash to the fact that someone was going to take time off based on the possibility that his child's birth might coincide with a work obligation. The obvious insinuation, whether explicitly stated or not, was that everyone who chimed in supported Parkins' decision. Nobody ventured even a half-hearted stab at his manhood, his priorities, or his devotion to his wife and family. How can I be positive of that? In talk radio, content's king. The people I listen to don't back away from a conflict with a caller or texter. And spoiler alert, arguments, especially real ones, are good radio. But so is listening to a bunch of people make fun of each other without even a drip of animosity. It's fun and funny. It's also amusing, at least to me, that the promo played several times on air before Parkins even had his first opportunity to address the matter. And even then, his co-host Matt Spiegel butted in with the first word.
1: If I may thrilled to be going thrilled the show is going really fun to have a chance to work with bernsey out there i think we'll have a great time and danny a lot of things happen sometimes you can't make a trip sometimes i can't make a trip no big deal choosing to mention that in the promo no one ran that promo by me Uh, i'm not mad but it is a little odd Like, it is a little personal. You seem kind of mad. I'm
0: a little mad. A reason Parkins could be mad other than the reasons mentioned here? His first child was born nine weeks early and spent 27 days in the NICU before finally going home from the hospital. Pretty stressful, I'd imagine, and not an experience I'm guessing he'd want to relive, even though he shared many of the tales on air at the time. And the show's Vegas weekend falls in the same window of when his first child was born. 31 weeks but should that matter in how we view danny parkins or really any father-to-be's decision to take parental leave for the birth or adoption of a child no and it didn't to producers shane reardon heard there and chris tannahill either instead they poked the bear again even after parkins explained why he was mad i'm not
1: mad I, I can
0: tell in your face but that, i'm that a, little are, mad. Are a little mad
1: whats it? It's a weird thing to say. Right. Is it a HIPAA violation, technically? I don't really know. No, it's not medical. It, it's not HIPAA. Yeah. It, it, just it is, is scheme. <laughs> it is scheme. And we're <laughs> trying to find out the whys. Like, why scheme. the hell would you include my wife's How premature birth What did the promo say again? Where Dan's in Vegas and Spieg's in Vegas and... Spieg's will be bringing along Dan Bernstein. Sign my ass up. Filling in for Parkins, who's staying home for the birth of his second child. <laughs>
0: The way these conversations about paternity maybe a loose word here to describe that promo's aftermath, unfolded over the course of the day on the score, means there's been a shift in how American society views men's roles as parents, to a new definition, one that's more expansive, and in my opinion, a whole lot better. Not just for men, but for their partners, children, employers, and society as a whole. People are more likely to consider having children if they aren't afraid that doing so will somehow impede their careers. How can a father-to-be consider asking for parental or paternity leave when workplace culture views the ideal worker as someone wholly devoted to their job and career? If you're not the ideal worker and someone else is, it would be perfectly rational for a man to fear his employer would, in some way, shape or form, penalize him for taking leave. And if that's the cultural and societal expectation from the start, even before you become a parent, Why would you expect that to change once you actually are one? All any man has to do to confirm this fear is to look at what happens to a pregnant colleague. Pregnancy and the resulting expectations of a woman's domestic responsibility as a wife and mother mean she has even less chance to adhere to the ideal worker model and will therefore miss out on opportunities for promotions, raises, and general career advancement. That whole notion should be turned on its head. Being a parent is an asset, not a drawback. Think about all the things a parent might have to take care of in a typical day. School drop off and pick up, youth sports, music lessons, play dates, laundry, homework, cooking, dishes, house cleaning, bath time, bedtime, and the list goes on. Then there's monitoring text chains and social media feeds. Have a headache yet? So, you think parents have time management skills? Yes. People management skills, check. Managing constantly shifting deadlines, priorities, and mood swings? You better believe it. A parent, mother or father, it doesn't matter, who knows how to deal with a crying, sleep-deprived, overtired, hyper-moody, irritable, angry, pissed-off, frustrated, ticking time bomb of an infant, toddler, child, tween, teenager, spouse, partner, husband, or wife, sure as heck knows how to hit a deadline. Deal with a cranky, overcaffeinated, difficult client, customer, co-worker, and can handle a difficult situation. They do something similar at home every day. To fathers and fathers-to-be, I say own it, celebrate it, honor it, put it at the top of your resume, and tell your employers, I'm a parent, deal with it. You need me more than you know. I'm worth every penny you're gonna pay me. This episode of Wrecking the Toy Department was written, voiced, edited, and produced by me, Jake Williams. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and leave a review and rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Come March 29th, I'm proud to join a campaign called This Working Dad Cares. In collaboration with Fathering Together, Mirza and Superkin, dads around the world will stand proud to say that care isn't gendered, to show our support for paid parental leave, and to share authentic stories about our own fatherhood journeys. Back in February, my wife was traveling for personal and professional reasons. It was me and my almost five-year-old son for nine days. Just the two of us. Cool! We colored, read, raced cars, and watched cartoons. I taught him how the sport of curling works. We had our own Super Bowl party during which he ate us out of house and home while rooting loudly for the red team the Bengals. At halftime, he fell asleep. The week with him? Tiring, but a blast. He'd be stubborn and willful and wouldn't want to go to bed. Then he'd wake up in the morning and ask, Dad, will you play with me? And my heart would melt because there's just nothing better than that. To learn more about the campaign, go to thisworkingdadcares.org.